Bulgaria. In this European country, journalists face corruption, legal threats and smear campaigns on a monthly, weekly or even daily basis. According to Transparency International, Bulgaria is ranked as the most corrupt country in the European Union. Politicians, oligarchs and media moguls are all involved in a continuous power struggle, hidden behind a web of rumors and political scandals. In this web of scandals, many simply see the media as a tool to gain more power. Basically, media freedom in the country has been deteriorating for years. Um, all the international press freedom rankings show it, um, according to Reporters Without Borders Press Freedom Index. Uh, we've dropped many places uh, over the, the past uh, decade. In the Reporters Without Borders list, no European country is ranked as low as Bulgaria when it comes to press freedom. Those who want to conduct critical and independent journalism have to overcome serious hurdles like smear campaigns and vexatious lawsuits. You actually have absolutely any support by the authorities and you, you fight against the state. Now these journalists and these media who dare to be independent, uh, they became under attack and under repression uh, from the authorities in the country. But things might be changing in Bulgaria. One of the biggest media moguls of the country, Derian Pevsky, recently sold his assets. And since December 2021, a fresh new government is in place, which could provide a window of opportunity to introduce reforms that restore and uphold media freedom. this podcast, I want to find out, can the recent changes in ownership and government actually bring improvements for the Bulgarian media landscape? Will there be a brighter future for Bulgarian journalism? I'm your host, Anne Terele, Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, or IPI, a partner organization of the Media Freedom Rapid Response, or MFRR a consortium of organizations dedicated to defending media freedom in the European Union and candidate countries. To discuss media capture and press freedom in Bulgaria, I'll speak with Borjana Jambasova, a researcher and freelance journalist from Sofia, and whose voice you've already heard in the intro. For IPI, she published the report Media Capture in Bulgaria, Hidden Alliances and Vested Interests, which examines the state of media freedom in the country, and in particular, who own and control the media, since media ownership turned out to be very intransparent in the country. I'll also speak to Asen Jordanov. Jordanov is a journalist, founder and the director of Bivol, an investigative platform that conducts independent research into banks, money and fraud. Over the past years, the platform has faced legal harassment and police interrogations because of their work. You're listening to a new episode of our monthly podcast, MFRR in Focus. Hi, Brianna. Thank you so much for joining us. For IPI, you've written a detailed and extensive report on media capture in Bulgaria and what recent developments could mean for journalism in the country. Let's start with perhaps a very big question, but... 
Could you give us a look into the Bulgarian media landscape of the past few years? Like, what have been the main problems the media sector has to deal with? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so how many hours do we have? Uh, when we talk about media landscape in Bulgaria, it can take hours, but I'll try to be brief. Um, basically, media freedom in the country has been deteriorating for years. Um, all the international press freedom rankings show it, um, according to Reporters Without Borders Press Freedom Index. Uh, we've dropped many places uh, over the, the past uh, decade. Um, a few years ago, Marius Dragomir, who is one of the best experts on media capture in the region, we were actually together on a panel, and he asked me where Bulgaria is on the Hungarian scale. Um, so, fortunately, we're not quite there yet. Unfortunately, for journalists in Bulgaria, though, we are heading, heading in that uh, direction. And um, unlike Hungary, where Orban has uh, captured uh, mo most of the media outlets in the country, in Bulgaria, things are much more opaque, uh, like... Um, there, one of the biggest issue is lack of transparency when it comes to media ownership. So, um, you know, the press has been in the hands of a few oligarchs, but these um, vested interests between politicians and businessmen and the, and the state has been hidden um, behind a network of like proxies and and then different companies, etc. So uh, it's hard to, to make those connections. The damage though uh, has been done. Um, I mean, as a result, um, now um, we have tablet style uh, journalism and um, many, many of the newspapers actually are used as tools to smear uh, competitors to trash independent uh, journalists, including investigative uh, uh, reporters, um, business partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the the picture, of, unfortunately, mm. is pretty grim. I see. And could you maybe share who are the main actors in this Bulgarian media landscape, and in particular, what is the role of the oligarch and media mogul Delian Pevsky? Yes. Um, Delampevsky is one name we do need to mention when we talk about media freedom in, in the country because um, he has uh, managed to uh, build a significant portfolio of, of different media outlets until recently. Last year, actually, he was one of several Bulgarians who were sanctioned under the Global Magnitsky Act. It's a U.S. Uh, law um, that targets uh, individuals who are believed to be involved in corruption or human rights abuse across the world. So he was one of those uh, designated under the Magnitsky Act. And um, some observers believe that uh, because of that, that he had prior knowledge that maybe he will be uh, sanctioned. So that's why he sold uh, most of, uh, of his uh, publication prior to that. Um, but he is the figure that um, many 
uh, journalist and um, analyst in, in, in Bulgaria see as the main actor who, who basically managed to build this uh, model uh, where, you know, again, media are used as instruments to, to channel other interests or to, uh, you know, smear uh, those who try to reveal um, abuse of power or corruption, etc. So in the Magnitsky Act, he's actually named as a power broker, you know, connecting the state and certain business interests. Uh, but we don't really know the scope of his influence because usually it's hidden um, by these uh, companies. And most of the time we don't really know um, what their operations mm. are. Thanks. I was also wondering you already briefly mentioned that one of the differences between the Bulgarian and Hungarian media landscape is that ownership in Bulgaria is incredibly intransparent. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, so, so basically it's really hard to track uh, uh, who is funding a certain uh, media outlet. And you might have uh, one person on paper and actually the legislation in the country obliges uh, the owners to register uh, the actual owner, but in practice, uh, what we see is those regulations usually don't work and we don't know where the money is coming from. Also, um, a lot of journalists I spoke to complained that for years, EU funds have been used um, to sponsor a certain outlet and, and, and then basically buy, buy friendly coverage uh, um, by these means because a certain percentage of each EU project is devoted to promotion uh, of those programs and, and, and the, the results or uh, you know, advertising. And sometimes placing those ads um, or uh, you know, uh, having those funding channels to certain publication is a way to, to to have favorable uh, reporting then of the corresponding uh, you know, state institutions, et cetera. Um, on local level, actually outside of Sofia, the, the problem is, is even worse uh, because the ties and dependencies of publications there uh, and the, the, the city of authorities and the mayor is, is, even, is even deeper. Uh, and, um, a lot of regional publications have been shut down. This is a global phenomenon, but uh, in Bulgaria, that situation is uh, even worse because uh, you know these these publications uh, didn't even manage to to become independent. Um, and uh, uh, again, uh, smear campaigns and vexatious lawsuits. Uh, trying to intimidate journalists, to smear them, and basically uh, trying to uh, to convince them of sorts, in air quotes, to uh, not to do investigative journalism, not to ask hard questions, not to, to do uh, their job, basically, of uh, holding uh, power to, to account. So, so these are some of the the main elements of, mm -hmm. of media capture. 
Um, I also want to look forward a little bit. The report you wrote also looks at recent changes in the Bulgarian media landscape, like changes in ownership, for example. Do you think these changes could improve the state of Bulgarian media? As many things in Bulgaria, this doesn't have uh, a straightforward answer, unfortunately. So the, the short answer, it's, it's complicated. After Pevsky exited the media industry or sold his uh, uh, media outlets, and um, you know the two leading uh, television channels also um, change owners um, in in recent times. Um, some observers were hopeful that that maybe this signals a, a shift. Uh, in the Bulgarian media market, and it um, they were hopeful that this could bring change. Uh, some some others uh, are skeptical, though, because um, the company which um, acquired PTV, um, one of the leading TV station, as I mentioned, is uh, the Czech. Um, Czech company owned by the late uh, Czech oligarch um, Peter Kellner, PPF, and uh, they also own a telecom uh, in, in Bulgaria. The same is true for another uh, newcomer who bought the other uh, new, um, the other leading TV station, Nova TV, along with a bunch of uh, online sites, radio stations, and Pevsky's uh, newspapers. So some media analysts are worried that this uh, creates two really big uh, media groups, and uh, there is a worry for media concentration in, in the market, especially when they also own telecommunication companies uh, and in, in, in a field which is widely regulated basically by, by the mm -hmm. state. I see. Um, Bulgaria also has a new government since December 2021. What role does that play for media in the country? Um, there were some signs, even though that media and uh, press freedom in general wasn't a part of the election campaign whatsoever, or part of their, uh, you know, promises and and, and uh, program. Uh, for reforms, um, some people were hopeful that uh, this will will bring bring uh, you know some some necessary changes to the media industry uh, as well. In fact, uh, Prime Minister Petkov promised in early January that uh, they will publicly reveal um, how you know state money or EU funds have been uh, channeled. Um, to certain uh, to certain media outlets in let's say exchange of uh, favorable coverage. Uh, so far, we haven't seen. It's been months since that, and we haven't seen anything revealed uh, on on this matter. At the same time, um, now the Council of Electronic Media um, is about to change uh, some some of of their members. So one of the ruling parties, actually, uh, this of um, former uh, singer or more like singer celebrity turned uh, 
politicians who have Trifunov, they nominated a quite controversial figure um, and for a member of uh, the media council. And that sparked a lot of outrage and uh, worry about uh, among media observer, uh, observers and the, the journalistic community in general. So these are some uh, very recent or some developments. So it's hard to say whether, you know, uh, media freedom will be high on the agenda of the, the, the new government Portugal. Then I want to ask you my last question. Um, in the report, you outlined some recommendations to improve Bulgaria's media landscape. Could you highlight some of the most important ones? These were actually recommendations that the IPI uh, you know, uh, drafted based on uh, the report uh, I, I wrote. So uh, one of the, the key points are actually uh, providing rules and environment where there is uh, uh, clear um, media ownership. So uh, it's publicly known who gives the money and where the money are coming from uh, for funding uh, publications. Um, another one is how, uh, you know, state and EU um, communications budgets are, are being spent. Uh, we need transparent rules uh, uh, to make sure that the, these are not, uh, you know, allocated to, to certain publications uh, or in exchange of friendly coverage. Uh, we do need uh, transparent procedures and candidates with integrity um, as members of um, all the media and not just media, but other regulators that are um, in charge of re regulating the, the media of freedom in the country or the, the work of, of, of media. Because so far, um, as I mentioned, we've seen, especially with the Council of uh, Electronic Media, that uh, these regulators have been politicized oftentimes and used by the state uh, as, um, you know, as tools sometimes to silence certain independent voices. Um, you know, me media literacy, better. Um, um, uh, critical thinking and, and better qualification of journalists also also will help. Thank you so much, Brianna. As Brianna told us, doing independent journalism in Bulgaria is far from easy. Over the years, the media have been weaponized as a tool to promote private and political interests. Power holders use the media to protect their own reputations and to smear and demonize those of their rivals. And more than in other Eastern European countries like Poland or Hungary, it is extremely unclear who owns the media and where all the money flows to. At the same time, serious independent media are struggling. They are hindered by politicians and media owners. They face legal threats and suffer from financial problems that pose serious threats to their existence. I would like to know more about what it's like to report in Bulgaria as an investigative journalist. So I talked about it with Asun Jordanov, founder and the director of Biffle, 
an independent news outlet which does not accept advertisement and is fully funded by its readers. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, let's start with introducing you and your work at Biffle. What kind of platform is Biffle and what kind of journalism do you conduct there? Uh, I founded Biffle uh, 12 years ago in 2010 uh, and, uh, because uh, of the very, very bad uh, situation uh, for the freedom of media in Bulgaria. So Bulgaria collapsed uh, the last uh, 15 years for the freedom of speech. And uh, b before that, uh, I used to work in, in the biggest uh, uh, newspapers in Bulgaria as investigative journalism. But uh, when I, um, I was fired, uh, when uh, one oligarchic group uh, started to master all, all, all kinds of media and especially my press group in their, in their pocket, I decided to found Bivol as a free platform for investigative journalism just to have the tribune for my uh, investigations uh, and uh, just to give the chance uh, in Bulgaria to have at once uh, one free, absolutely free uh, media. So that's why Bivol um, has been created uh, 12 years ago. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a uh, media for uh, pure investigative journalism, analysis, and, um, and political uh, publications. Mm. And how is Biffle actually funded? Are you fully funded by your readers? We don't have absolutely any advertising uh, in Biffle. We are, we are absolutely dependent of uh, crowdfunding of, uh, of our readers, which is very, very, how to say, uh, which became um, less and less every day, maybe because of the crisis, maybe because of the inflation, maybe because that the people in Bulgaria became poor, um, more poor uh, recently. Uh, but uh, it, it's very hard to survive. So I could say that uh, we finance people uh, by our own um, money uh, and uh, Otherwise, uh, Bivol just uh, uh, is not able to to exist and and to survive. So, if I if I say it uh, simply uh, simpler way, I pay from my pocket uh, for the site. So, you moved from working for a media company owned by an oligarch to founding your own investigative platform. How difficult is it actually to do investigative journalism in Bulgaria? It's, it's really very hard. Uh, uh, well, it's, how, how to say, it, it, it looks like to be impossible. But uh, we make uh, this possible here, uh, here in Bulgaria. Uh, because uh, all the media in the country, they are not absolutely free. Uh, because they are financially dependent. Um, and... Uh, these journalists and these media who dare to be independent, uh, 
they became under attack and under repression uh, from the authorities in the country. Uh, and uh, Bulgaria is signed uh, by all reports and all analyses of a country which is uh, under the influence of uh, mafia and organized crime. Uh, and it's a pity that uh, our political system is also very dependent of uh, this uh, uh, shadow uh, shadow influences. Uh, so to to make uh, free investigations and to expose the crimes of these guys uh, who rule the country actually in Bulgaria is very hard because uh, we have absolutely no financial help and support, and also we are all the time. Uh, as a media and me personally and my family too under the repressions uh, from hmm. from authorities i see and can you tell me a bit more about that repression from authorities how are you challenged to do your investigative work uh, legally or financially i survived um, uh, twice uh, attempt to be killed it was before creating devil um, and uh, one of the one of the attempts uh, against me uh, was ordered by a leader, by one of the leaders of political party in Bulgaria, and the other attempt was ordered by a high-level prosecutor in Bulgaria. So you could imagine um, how how difficult is uh, uh, is to survive here because you actually have absolutely any support by the authorities and you, you fight against the state. Now, when I created Bivol, uh, I, <laughs> I and my family and my colleagues and the, the media are all the time permanently under the repression. We are, we are subjects of uh, uh, investigations from all kinds of uh, Bulgarian institutions uh, ordered by by prosecutor office uh, in Bulgaria, and everybody knows that the uh, Bulgarian judicial system is absolutely dependent. Uh, it's uh, mentioned in all reports uh, uh, of European Union, of uh, the State Department of United States, uh, of uh, uh, all organizations, uh, including International Press Institute, uh, that in Bulgaria there uh, there is no uh, free judicial system and prosecutor office uh, um, especially is uh, very dependent from organized crime groups. It's, it's very bad situation in the country. So I could say war against the free, uh, against the, the, the freedom of speech in Bulgaria. For example, my, my case is when I was attacked and uh, when uh, I was the uh, victim of uh, some attempts to, to be killed. Nobody of these guys who are involved in in in, in these crimes uh, were uh, uh, were charged and they were put in, mm -hmm. in in front of the court. And to continue on these lawsuits, uh, in the report it's written that at the end of 2021. A uh, Bulgarian company brought a libel suit against you or against Biffle, seeking uh, 1 million lev or 500,000 euros in damages. And according to our report, this could be threatening to the existence of Biffle. So how are you viewing that lawsuit and are you afraid of it? Uh, 
uh, they just want to kill people because uh, this uh, claim for one million of labor, it means uh, half million of euro. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a kind of record of slap case against media, not only in Bulgaria, but in European Union. We don't have um, uh, financial support. We have legal support only internationally, not not in Bulgaria, uh, because uh, the authorities in Bulgaria are very connected with this company and uh, no media dares to support uh, Bivo uh, in this, uh, how to say, in this uh, 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 case uh, which uh, they started against us. Uh, but uh, any support is, is uh, how to say, it's a life-saving for us because if Bivo lose this uh, case, it would be not only the end of Bivol, but uh, it, it, it's going to be the end uh, of all, of uh, very tiny freedom of speech in Bulgaria because all media, uh, all other media, uh, are going to be behaved by uh, these guys, uh, uh, not to dare to, to, to expose and to investigate them and, and to publish anything about them. So, this case is not only Bivol's case, it's a case for the freedom of speech, not only in Bulgaria, but uh, I think in European Union. Uh, so, we are not afraid. Uh, we, we are going to fight uh, till the end. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that uh, we are going to win because the truth is on our side. I see. And we fully stand with Bivol in this case, of course. I also wanted to look forward a little bit. Uh, Bulgaria's media sector has had changes in ownership in the past two years and the country just has a new government since December 2021. So do you think that could lead to positive changes? Uh, the expectations and the hopes of Bulgarian society uh, for changing the situation and uh, the uh, political and uh, social system in the country, were uh, they were enormous. But uh, it doesn't happen. Uh, it, it doesn't happen with the new government. And we actually see no real changes, uh, neither in, uh, uh, how to say, neither in the situation of judicial system in the country, neither uh, in the situation of uh, media freedom. Uh, we just uh, see some rounding the values, how to say, uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> most of the media became uh, uh, casual and they became very, I thought, say, very comfortable to the new, to the new government very soon after it uh, came on power. Uh, and uh, we see now uh, again, these processes. It's also uh, a very, very clear example that uh, uh, even uh, hundred uh, less than hundred days uh, from the uh, beginning of uh, this government, uh, people had to start a, a case uh, by FOIA law against the government because uh, they refused to give. Um, very important, uh, publicly important information of their acts, uh, which we uh, demanded by FOIA. 
the first uh, case by FOIA Act uh, is a fact. That sounds like a very heavy battle. So how do you continue, Asun? We continue fighting with, uh, with corruption in the country and uh, that's the only way for me, that's the only way for people and that's the only way for all honest journalists uh, uh, in Bulgaria. Uh, nevertheless, that they are very few. Just to continue exposing the corruption and the connections uh, between organized crime and uh, and ruling class uh, ruling class in the country and and the dependence of judicial system, which defends criminals and which defends high criminality and corruption in the country, but not the not the media, for example, who. Uh, the, the journalists and the media who and which uh, are fighting this corruption, which uh, uh, pretend uh, to be the uh, free tribune of society. Thank you, Asen Yordanov. Thank you. As we've heard, Working as an independent journalist in Bulgaria is far from easy. Many media outlets are owned by oligarchs and politicians who have no interest whatsoever in free media. And those who want to conduct serious, critical, investigative journalism, like Asun Yordanov, can expect smear campaigns and vexatious lawsuits. But will Bulgaria's recent changes in media ownership and government make it easier for independent media to do investigative journalism? As Boyana told us, there is not one clear answer to that question. The, the short answer, it's, it's complicated. But the long answer to that question? There are people who are hopeful, who believe that the stepping back of Pevsky and the changes in ownership of two big television channels could lead to actual change, and they see it as a window of opportunity. And as Prime Minister Petkov recently promised to reveal to what Bulgarian media outlets the EU money goes to, some hope there might be actual political change around the corner. But many others remain cautious and skeptical, because since the new government little has changed, and the new owners seem to claim big parts of the Bulgarian media market, leading to a high media concentration. So, to really improve the Bulgarian media sector, change is needed, real change is needed. Like better rules and more clarity about who owns the media and where what money is going to. Hopefully, that should give space to investigative journalists to freely do their job. You've been listening to MFRR in Focus, a podcast which explores different issues facing media freedom in EU member states and candidate countries. The MFR tracks, monitors and reacts to violations of press freedom, conducts advocacy work and provides legal and practical support to protect journalists and media workers. The MFRR is a consortium led by the European Centre for Press and Media Freedom and includes Article 19, the European Federation of Journalists, Free Press Unlimited, the International Press Institute and Osservatorio Balcani e Cancaso Transeuropa. The project is funded by the European Commission. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode of the MFRR in Focus. <laughs> <laughs>